Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Safer Journeys. We're really excited to have everyone here with us today. I'm Melissa. I'm Heather. And we are Safe Journeys. We are a domestic and sexual violence agency empowering survivors of domestic and sexual violence and working to end that violence in our communities. We serve Livingston and LaSalle counties in North Central Illinois. And we are a part of the prevention team here at Safe Journeys, where we are working to really get at stopping the violence before it begins. That is our Mm -hmm. focus in the agency. When we have counseling and advocacy departments, we have crisis intervention and support line workers, but we are at the front end of this trying to stop it before it begins. Right. We're pulling, instead of pulling people out of the stream, right, we're going to go fix that bridge so nobody gets thrown into the water. Yes. Yes. And drown. (laughs) You know, we don't, we don't want people to be experiencing domestic and sexual violence. So we know that this is a problem. And if we address it um, in a way that like, we're working to end this, then that's primary prevention. And we'll talk more about all these (laughs) terms that we're going to be using on this podcast. But um, secondary prevention is the crisis intervention part, which Heather just talked about, you know, pulling the people out of the river Mm -hmm. um, because they've already fallen in. They're already Mm -hmm. experiencing the issue. Mm -hmm. And so the trauma's already started. That's right. Right. And and we want to just stop that trauma from happening. Mm -hmm. So So that is um, what what we do, and we do that through community engagement. We mm-hmm. do that through research yep. and education and activism. Yep, yep, we sure do. Melissa, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. I have a Master's of Divinity degree, and uh, right now I'm serving as the Community Engagement Director and Prevention Programs Director for Safe Journeys. Um, my background is that I did a lot of community outreach and engagement in the role that I'm currently in, but also um as a small town pastor in the past, and I was also a director of a cooperative youth ministry up in Alaska, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it was very collaborative in nature between various Christian faith traditions, but also interfaith, which was a blast. As well as the indigenous community there That's too, right? right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah. there was a lot of anti-oppression work we were mm-hmm. doing, and we were all very um, grounded in service and it was, like I said, it was a blast. Yeah. I, you're probably going to hear me talking about Alaska like mm-hmm. a lot. I like when you talk about Alaska. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun and great yes. to listen to. So I'm yes. sure that listeners would also enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm a parent of two children. Um, they are ages six and two. And um, I have a passion for equity, empathy, and peacemaking. Nice. Yeah. No, that totally sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, if what? I saw those things, I'd be like, yeah, that's Melissa. <laughs> what about you, Heather? So um, I have my bachelor's in psychology and I also um, got my master's in public health. Um, I have had a variety of different experiences um, is my professional career, um, but I have spent a lot of time working with young people and adolescents. I've had a little bit of social work going on there. I've done a decent amount of research um, so I've, I've got that on my, on my plate or my background, if you will. So I also have a kiddo at home, but it sounds weird, I guess, saying kiddo. Cause like he's 17. That's not, <laughs> he's not a tiny, he's a giant to be honest. He towers over 
my husband and me. <laughs> so I have a 17-year-old at home. Um, so I guess I have a little more experience parenting the older children at the moment. Yes. Yeah, you've got the littles right now. Yeah, but we'll talk about on this podcast that sometimes they act kind of similar. I know. Sometimes <laughs> you'll tell me stuff that your your toddler's doing. And yeah. I was like, um, my completely grown 17-year-old has done the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope that he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I'm not going to tell him we're doing it. Okay. That's probably wise. Yeah, I'm not going to tell him. Um, so my passions, um, I am super passionate about sexual and reproductive health education and awareness, women's rights, uber ultra feminist over here. Oh, yes. And um, LGBTQIA rights as well. Those are all sort of my my big ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So... This is our podcast. Yeah, we started this uh, Safer Journeys podcast. The idea was has been brewing for quite some time. <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. a year and a half. Uh -huh. And so we are so lucky to have met a podcast tech professional who actually helped us understand the equipment yeah. that uh, one of our grants helped us get. Yeah, so. that you just purchased, right? They're like, yeah. this is what you should buy. So yeah. you just purchased it. I'm like, it. yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then we freaked out when I tried to set it up and couldn't figure anything out. So big shout out to Alex for helping yes. us get everything put together here or else you wouldn't even be hearing our voice. That's absolutely right. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about who our podcast is for. Yeah. So our our main audience members are going to be people who care for, spend time with, mentor, teach young people. And I, I would say, honestly, young people, when I say young people, I'm thinking even up to like early 20s. Sure. Yeah. So like birth to early 20s, yeah. we're talking young people. Yeah, and that's right in our wheelhouse because um, mm -hmm. you are going to hear us talk about uh, really tender topics on here. Oh, yeah. And uh, and as we talk about in like some of our trainings for new staff and volunteers and things, um, sexual violence and domestic violence, they start as early as birth and can go all the way up to death. And so um, just understanding that like people are susceptible to sexual violence like from birth mm. is is startling. And, is. and there might be some things that we say on this podcast that are quite startling and upsetting. And yeah. so uh, we want to remind you to take care of yourself. Yes. There, there might be a time when you need to pause and take a break and come back, or you might just have to, you know, like we will make sure we put some trigger warnings. Mm, absolutely. And, um, and so that you know that you will need to Maybe this episode isn't one for you to listen to. That's, That's right. totally fine Maybe too. Maybe just skip it all together. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> no hurt in our feelings. We, we, we know don't know you turned like. it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, we just want to make sure that you are aware of what's going on for you. So, and, and if you need to engage in some coping skills mm -hmm. or if one of your coping skills is, you know, I need to walk away. Um, from this for a little while, do that. Take care of yourself. That is so important in this work. Yeah. And you'll hear us probably say this every single episode. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We want to make sure that nobody is going to be walking away feeling triggered or re-traumatized or newly traumatized right. by any of the information that we're going to be sharing. That's right. So we're going to be talking to pe or talking to people who have young folks in their lives. Let's talk about some of the things that we're going to probably cover. 
So I think, I guess our catch-all mission statement, right, is to help um, caregivers with these grounding principles for raising young people non-violently. That's right. Yeah, that sound good to you? Yes, and I've even heard some um, LGBTQIA plus youth in our area talk about it as gentle parenting. Yeah, yeah. A few of them giggled a little last time when they said when they were talking about gentle parenting. But yeah. that, it, I thought it was nice to even hear that they knew the term, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think the kids now have so much access. Yes that they're aware of some of the things that caregivers, parents, teachers are relying on to help them prepare for their work with young people. That's right. And really, like, why we're doing this, I've heard so many people, and I've said it myself, I want support. I want mm-hmm. a community. Yeah. And and I need tools and resources. And I have heard people say, you know, well, sure, I would have that conversation or I would do this thing with my kid, but like I have no tools to do that. Like yep. I don't I don't even know where to begin. I, yeah, say. absolutely. And I think that's super reasonable because right. this is like you don't you know, you just because you're becoming a parent, you don't get a book, right? Yeah. That says this is what you're supposed to do. Or, oh, you're you're going right. to be a, a youth pastor or yeah. coach. Yeah. Great. Here are all the things you need to think about. That right. just doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, I inherently have all the wisdom I need to be with this one kid. Like, every single kid is different. Mm, every, yeah. every person is different. And so, mm-hmm. and, and then their moods change and everything changes and you feel like the ground has been um, taken out from under you. I'm not speaking from experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you on that one. I think, I think there is preparation, right? People will get books. You go to school to become a teacher, that kind of yes. thing. But they're not talking about those in-between moments. They're like, oh, how do we get them to learn math? Not this kid may be experiencing abuse at home, right? right? Like these aren't the, you're not practicing these scenarios. Yes. And so when you get thrown into that moment, your emotions are running. The young person's emotions are out of control at the moment. Like yes. everybody's just confused. And just imagine, right? Like you have, you're a teacher, just like you said, and you have received your mandatory reported <laughs> reporter training from uh, the Department of Children and Family Services, mm-hmm. right? And, and then, but you're, you're like, I've never even done this before. I haven't dealt with a disclosure from a child mm, before. Yeah. And I have all of these education mandates to meet. And then all of a sudden this kid discloses and you're like, uh, on top of everything, now I need to make a report to DCFS. Like, where right. do I even start? And oh, and then there's the school policy going on. Oh, and gosh, so, yeah. How- and <laughs> your personal, like how you're feeling and reacting, any sort of triggers or traumas or things yes. you've had in your past are sure. probably like lighten up, right? Sure. So, I mean, that's that's like the main purpose, right? We're going to try and help prepare people for some of these in-between moments that you can't just look at a book and yes. figure it out. Yes, so absolutely. some topics, like, of course, parenting, not a surprise there. So we might talk about things like how do we discipline kiddos, teaching them accountability, um, body safety, things like that. And then we're going to eventually touch on things that we have heard young people say that they wish that their parents, teachers, caregivers were more informed about so that they could be supported better. 
And why don't you say this part, the social justice piece? Oh, yes, of course. And and this is something that I have really wanted as a parent. I want a place where I can talk about um, what it's like to be a white parent in a racially unjust society. Mm. And how do I raise my kids to be anti-racist, right? And, yeah. and do it in a way that's like, this is an anti-racist way of parenting. Yep my kid my white kid and so and they they can be accountable too and that they can grow up and and feel like they are they're being they know how to be an ally that that you are exemplifying as a parent or caregiver how to be an ally like how do you do that and like and I know like there's a lot of like lead by example yes you know and and that's true like that that does so much uh but are there other things and what are people, what are other people doing? And it'll be interesting too, as this podcast grows, Heather, <laughs> just to be able to hear from people that I know, are yes. listening and, and hear what they do, their practices. Cause that's, yeah. and that's what we want. Like this can be a place for best practices. Yeah. And we, I mean, depending on how much, how many people care to tell us, yes. we would love to share that information with everyone. Cause yes. that's kind of the goal again is, as much preparation as you can to have difficult conversations and raise and care for young people in a way that's going to cause less harm. We call that being trauma informed, right? Yes. As well as teaching these young people to be kind, inclusive, caring, compassionate individuals, which just doesn't come naturally. It's not like you just are born and that's who you are. Yeah. There's practice involved, right? Yes, absolutely. So speaking about social justice, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about how social justice is a part of ending domestic and sexual violence? Because sometimes when I say, oh, I do anti-oppression work as well as people are like, how the heck is that related? Right. It, It boils down to this. In order to end domestic and sexual violence in our communities, which is a part of our mission statement as Safe Journeys, we have to end oppression. You can't just end domestic and sexual violence without thinking about ending racism and sexism and ableism and all all of the isms, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're all tied in together in a little thing called intersectionality. And like, you cannot just get rid of one injustice without, like diving deep into getting rid of all the other injustices. You can't leave them behind. Yep. There's so much overlap amongst them that it's impossible to separate them. So we have to work towards all of it at the same time, right? That's right. That's right. And and the way to do it, like we have to listen to the people on the margins of the margins, as they say in Call to Men. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Because when we do that, we are centering the voices of the most marginalized. And I know some there, there's a mentality out there that, you know, oh, but like if they get some pieces of the pie, I'm not going to get my piece of the pie. And it's like actually no, like centering the people on the margins includes everybody. Yep. Yep. It no, just I- widens the circle. It doesn't like take the circle and just only be on some people Mm -hmm. it's it's making sure that the circle's wide enough that it covers everyone and that's what we're talking about when we talk about equity Mm -hmm. absolutely I think that was really well said and I want to mention too that 
you know, inter like relationship violence and sexual violence have been tools used by the people who are oppressing other individuals. Right. Yes. So if you think of any genocide ever, like if you want to talk about Rwanda, you know, if we want to talk about the European colonizers that came over to the Americas, sexual violence was absolutely one of their tools to oppress these individuals. Yes. And that's another part of this bigger picture. That's right. And and we know, uh, we've seen the research, mm-hmm. and we know that when there is violence like that, when, when there are big catastrophes, we know that domestic violence and sexual violence mm-hmm. are going to increase, yep. especially like in the household. Yeah. Uh, because there's the extra stress happening, and it is. It has just been shown, especially just in natural disasters, which mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing even more catastrophic Ugh, natural yeah. disasters Climate as the years go. Yeah. 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 Mm. We'll talk about that eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, and and anytime, right, like you said, there's any sort of refugee type gathering, like maybe with Ukraine, when when everybody was fleeing to the other countries, right? Yes. That That sets up an environment where particularly women and children are more likely to be exploited that's right and abused and i don't want anyone to think that 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 means men are also not experiencing that that is definitely still happening happening but it's just heavier on the women and children yes and i think we should also mention that anytime that's happening we can't leave out our trans and non-binary friends as well that's right because as a whole they tend to experience more abuse and oppression than just, you know, your man or your woman, right? That's right. They're disproportionately impacted mm-hmm. is, is the language that you'll probably hear us here yeah. to yeah. use as we go on in the podcast too. Absolutely. Um, you want to talk a little bit about how the youth are our future? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, like we, of course, we're focused on anti-oppression, anti-violence work. Uh, and, and the reason that, um, you are our audience, the parents, the caregivers, the educators out there, um, is because we're the ones tasked with with being with our young people mm-hmm. in the world and like our children and adolescents and our young adults and the people who are fully people now, right? Like they're, they're our future. They're the people who are going to be, you know, our professionals in the future. Mm-hmm. They're going to be parents and caregivers too. Mm-hmm. And in, in one way or another, right. And, and they're also now they're making decisions every single day. And if we can empower them and give them the information they need, of course, in a developmentally appropriate way, right. Oh, yeah, so that course. their brains can like really take that information in and fully understand it in a way that if they don't get it then they can ask good questions and know who their trusted adults are that they can go to in these times that that they can make decisions as they grow up mm-hmm. and they know they can i remember the first time that uh, a professor in undergraduate school asked me 
what I actually thought about an article rather than spitting it out like a summary and I was like oh is that why I keep getting B minuses on my work like how do I get an A in this class and she's like just tell me something else like what are you thinking and feeling not just what it was in the paper yes and so this critical thinking Mm -hmm. that we are going to be inviting the young people into and and they crave it they crave to be heard oh gosh yeah yeah we do listening sessions with LGBTQIA plus youth Mm -hmm. and that's the number one takeaway yes they they want to be heard they want to be heard and respected yes Yes. but like of course that makes complete sense it does I sometimes feel a little silly that like it took a listening session for us to actually be like oh this is important (laughs) like duh of course it's important because they're they're just like just because they're kids doesn't mean they don't have the same values and needs that we do I want to be heard validated respected and they do too yeah, and as a parent, even of um, a kid that is six years old, right, I'm not going to be there to make every decision with her mm-hmm. or for her. Right. So I am hoping that, you know, in my time with her, I'm instilling something or from her experiences with me, she can take that into her life and relationships and she can make those decisions herself. Yep. Yeah. No, you're a guide, right? Yes. (laughs) You're you're guiding her on her future path because you can't be making all those decisions for her. I mean, you've got your own decisions to make. I really do. Yeah. (laughs) It would be exhausting (laughs) if you spent the rest of your life making decisions for both of your children. Yeah. Now the two-year-old, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, for now, you're making a lot of his decisions. Yes, it's true. (laughs) Based on his development. That's appropriate at the time. That's right. Yeah. So um, tell everybody about our release schedule. Yes, so we are going to be putting out our podcast every other week. The idea right now, and this is subject to change, but we're going to be putting it out on Mondays to provide tools, resources, and support for caregivers for the week ahead. Uh, so to empower you and provide that support so that you can go through your week feeling good and that you are the the caregiver for your child, that you are going to work together with your child and and that you are going to find an equitable way to empower them and so that they can make decisions in the world and have healthy relationships because that's a big part of what we do yeah. as well. We talk about how to be in a healthy relationship. Now, Absolutely. I don't know about you, Heather, but I didn't learn how to be in a healthy relationship me. in class. I figured it out on my own after yeah. I stumbled over quite a few challenges, right? Yes. yes. And I think it's important for us to note we are not perfect. No. Melissa and I both have exhibited at points in our lives and probably sometime in the future some of the behaviors that we would consider unhealthy or toxic. That's right. And and I do want to say that that's normal. You're going to hear some things on here that like there's characteristics of um unhealthy behavior and unhealthy relationships that you're like oh I do that Mm -hmm. like oh yeah yeah, probably on your worst days uh or in your dark times Mm -hmm. if you struggle maybe with depression or something like you're not your best self and you might have some unhealthy coping skills a lot of us do (laughs) guess what they impact the people around you Mm -hmm. um But something we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast, because especially this is helpful in relationships with young people, is learning how to repair. Oh, yeah. And move forward. Oh, yeah. Together. 
Yep. And so a couple weeks ago, I stood in the kitchen after I had gotten a little sharp with the 17 year old at home and went, oh, son of a gun. I got to go in his room and apologize. Yes. That was not cool behavior. Yeah. And I'm very clear with my daughter, uh, you know, the six year old, she says, you know, because she, she'll have a hard time and then I'll have a hard time because oh, sure. I'll get triggered yep. and see part of myself yep. too. And and so I'll go to her and say, you know, I really struggled today. I'm really sorry that I raised my voice, I, that I yelled. I am really working on that to change that. Um, you know, let's talk about maybe a way that I can respond better. Like what would work for you? Right. Asking to get them. your attention because mm-hmm. yeah. you weren't responding to this right. other way. And then I tried this and you, you got worse. So like, <laughs> what's going to work? Yes. Like, okay, so music doesn't work in this situation. You mm. know, the bathtub, that's not working. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is it going to be? And then sometimes she'll, <laughs> she'll respond to me another time. She'll say things like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Yep. I mean, and that's a valid response too. Yeah. She's like, all right, we're, we're moving on now. Like mom, we've exhausted the anger conversation. Like mom, I'm not that mad. Let's move on. Yeah. 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 I'm done. Let's walk. No, totally. (laughs) So before we leave today, there's a few housekeeping things I want to cover. First of all, If you are experiencing domestic violence or you need some support um, for someone else in your life, there is a national hotline available. It's called The Hotline, just The Hotline. Um, And their phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. You can also go to their website. They do like web chat, online chatting. They have a lot of good resources as well. And then for sexual violence, you can contact the National Sexual Violence Organization, which is called RAIN with two N's, which is always throws me for a loop. But uh, they also have a website with like the live chat and the resources. And they also have a 24-hour hotline. And their hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE, which is 4673. And you'll probably hear, well, I can't imagine we won't do this on a decent amount of podcasts, but we just want to make sure that everybody out there can get the help they need. And we'd give you Safe Journeys number, but we are not a big enough organization to take care of all the United States. (laughs) That's right. And you know, what's great about these national hotlines is if you need local resources, they'll connect you right to us. Um, I will give you our 24-7 confidential support line just in case you are in the area and you need support services. Um, so we are available every minute of every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, and it is completely confidential and free. Yep. That's right. Free services. Mm-hmm. And so our support line number is 815-673-1555. So that's for those folks who are in, in and around Livingston and LaSalle County in Illinois. But for everyone else, feel free to reach out to the national hotlines. That's right. And we are going to be posting information on our Instagram and Facebook. So after each show, we'll put out some links or anything that we talked about that we thought y'all might want to see. Um, so you can find us on Facebook at safer. So that don't forget the R there. Safer.journeys.podcast for Facebook. And for Instagram, it's just going to be safer.journeys. Great. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And uh, we invite you to join us next time to discuss 
Childhood trauma. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> ominous, right? Yeah. It's actually kind of a three-parter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll call it a mini series. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll talk we'll call the childhood trauma mini series. There was too much to fit into one session. So, I felt like saying childhood trauma in like an excited way. It just like it was just a little weird. It was a little weird, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, we're a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Which other people will come to learn soon. Yes, but we're so glad you joined us today. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you.